to, um, givers and takers. I was, uh, you don't have to go too deeply into the Parsha. You don't have to go past the first word to realize what the tragic flaw of, of, of Korach was. Since it starts off right with the, the first verb, Vayikach, and Korach took. It was a taker. Whatever, whatever else, whatever he spoke about, it had nothing to do. The Torah identifies immediately and nabs him and exposes what, 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 what the fault line was. Vayikach, he was a taker. He spoke about uh, big things, high-minded uh, things, platitudes, great platitudes. Ha'am kulam kadoshim, the whole nation is holy. You know, let, let, let's distribute the, 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 the power amongst the Jewish people. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu, you took too much for yourself. You, you, you and Aaron, you have, you have, you have all the, the political power. It's interesting. Moshe Rabbeinu answers him back also pointedly. He says, Rav Lechem b'nei Levi. He also gives a, a, a Rav Lechem. Call a postal b'mumo postal. Moshe Rabbeinu is pointing out to him. You think I'm politically ambitious? Life is a self-portrait. Whatever you see, whatever fault you see in me, that's the fault you have in yourself. Rav Lechem b'nei Levi. And he pointed out to him that you, 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 you want something for yourself. You're talking about uh, giving and distributing. This is really the concept of communism. Think about it. It's, it's an unbelievable thing. We were sitting on a Friday night. I handed out to a couple of my boys. We finished the Parsha sheet. They, whatever, we read through their questions, a list of questions. And uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, they did it nicely. So as a prize, I handed out Twizzlers. Right? I don't have to explain to anybody what Twizzler is, okay? Twizzler, the, the red Twizzler, right? So, and uh, one boy gets his Twizzler. He's got a, he, 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 he wanted it for the flavor. He liked it for the, for the appetite. And he, he right away munched down and swallowed up his Twizzler. It was gone in, in three seconds. And his little brother, you know, had the Twizzler, and he had it more like for the symbolic value, like a, like a flag on Simchas Torah. He's holding on, he's holding on to the, the Twizzler, Gvaldik. And I must have taken my eye off. You've got to keep your eye on the Shabbos table. You've got to watch who's doing what, who's kicking who under the table, that type of stuff, whatever. So I turn my head for one second. I come back. I hear a crack and a, sm and, and a cry. And I see that the one who had finished his Twizzler, you know, is munching away again. And the one who was holding it up before, his Twizzler is now cut in half and he's crying. Because, and I, you didn't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out what happened. That the older one took the younger one's uh, 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 Twizzler. <laughs> and he took half of it. And he, uh, he, tr he treated himself. So I turned to the, I, I turned, I turned to the, to the oldest son. I said, you know, like my high, what, 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 what's this? And he looked at me, he was a little bit scared. And he said, um, I never, never forget this moment. He looked at me, he said, um, I was uh, sharing. <laughs> I was sharing. Right? He had, he had to explain himself. So I had to, that was the teachable moment. I have to take out my thumb at that moment to explain to him that the pshat in sharing is when he gives it to you. But when you take it from him, that's called stealing, right? The, 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 whole, uh, the, the whole motivation behind communism, they come out and they say, oh, we want, you know, everybody should be equal, one equal. It's a, it's a, it's a, we, all, we all need an equal result. But really, the, the, the motivation, right, was that they wanted to take from the wealthy, from the, from the upper class, and everything should be distributed. They wanted to take for themselves. But they, they masked it. They, they, they guised it in the form of talking about, you know, we want to we, we, we give to everybody. We want to give everybody else's money to everybody else. It's, it's, it's not sustainable. And, 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 and although it's, it, it's spoken about in high-minded terms of, of sharing and giving and, and distribution and, and equality, all these things, but the bottom line is it's taking. It's, it's, it's born from selfishness. And Rav says that at any one point in a person's life, at any moment, get flip-flop from one moment to the other. Life is dynamic. Nobody is one thing. We're all, we all moving parts within us. And we have Bechira. So at any moment, he says, a person is either a giver or a taker. At any one moment of a person's life, he's either a giver or a taker. Not, not a both. At the moment that a person is do whatever they're doing, they're doing it, the maisa, whatever it is that they're doing, it's either a maisa of giving or it's a maisa of taking. It's a moment of giving, it's a, mo it's a, moment, a moment of taking. And how is that so? How does, how, how does that work? So let's explain the dynamic is that, again, the, the, there's, a, there's a Gemara in Shabbos that says that a person asks six questions at the end of life. Six questions. And one of the, two of the six questions we can uh, apply over here. One of the six questions is Maso Matan Biamuna. Was a person honest in business? Okay, so it could have to do with the idea of being, you know, uh, you know being honest and not misrepresenting ourselves in business. 
But the Maharal says it's really a mavchin, it's really a test to determine whether the person was, a, was an is ruchni, was a person, was he dominated by his neshama, was he dominated by his guf? Right? Who was under control? It's interesting when the, when the, when the Mitzrayim went into the sea, it's, it was sus v'roch v'ram v'yam. I always thought they found that very interesting lotion. Right? You see, oh, the car and his driver. What is it about the car? It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a person driving a car. They were led by the nefesh Bahami as being led by the by, by, by that by the animal by the animal soul. Was it was an, is it, who was under control? Who was the person? Was it was he led by and was he was he controlled by his nefesh Bahamias? <coughs> or was the person controlled by his by his by his nefesh alakus by his godly soul? <coughs> and each one has a different need. We spoke about it, I think last time we sat together over here on, on a Thursday night. We talked about uh, the, four, uh, uh, th- three human dilemmas. So who, who, who's under control? A person is a, is, is a dynamic of, 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 of a goof and a, and a shama, body, a body and a soul. And who's under control? Is the horse leading the, the, the rider and schlepping him around and taking him for a ride? Is it sus ramavayam? That's the Egyptian ideal, the, 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 the paradigm of the Egyptian culture. Or is it the person, the, 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 the shama, that's riding the horse, that's under control? And at a moment that the neshama, the neshama has the ability to, to see beyond himself. The neshama has the ability to, 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 to transcend and, and to empathize with other people that are nearby. The neshama has the ability to, to, and a desire to give. That's the nefesh elokus. This is the nishmas chayim. That's the godly soul that the Kodesh Baruch Hu put in. Kodesh Baruch Hu made the whole world because the Kodesh Baruch Hu is tachas hatov lehetiv. The Kodesh Baruch Hu wants to give. That's the nefesh elokus. There's a, there's a piece of that inside each and every one of us. And there's another part of us which is a, which is a Nefesh Bahamias. The Nefesh Bahamias is selfish like, 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 like any squirrel. You know, that's it. He may be a genius at, 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 at controlling and, and, uh, and accumulating nuts or stocks or whatever, you know, but, but, but if it's only about me, if it's all me, so then, then it's the Nefesh Bahamias which is, which is under control. I remember I heard once that there was a, there was a Rosh Hashiva uh, in Eretz Israel, and he spoke at a bris. It turns out that, that the bris was, uh, was in the yeshiva, and, and, and the, the, the grandfather, there was, a, there was a fellow there, he was a big Talmud Chacham, and it was, he, was, he was the grandfather, he came for his, his first grandchild, his first grandchild's bris. And Rosh Hashiva wanted to praise this, this, this grandfather who he knew, who was a big Talmud Chacham, and he said, he said, today, Rabbi so-and-so, he says, is a human being. And everybody like, you know, looks around like, like that's the best you could say. You know, give him a, you know, there's got to be some other adjectives you could use for somebody who's a, who's a, who's a hush of person like that and it's his grandson's bris. And it's almost like a, like a bush. He says to me, he's a, he's a human being. What does he tell me he's a human being? What, what, what is that a human being? What, what, why is that a big praise? And he went on to explain. He says that, that it's interesting in, in, the, in, in the animal kingdom, you find always that the, that, the, that, the, that the mother bear is watching out for her, for her baby bears. You know, the, the Michelin also speaks about, you know, don't get between a mother bear and a baby bear. No, 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 you don't, you, you don't want to mess, right? Don't want to mess. Between even a mother bird and a baby bird, you don't want to get, you don't want to get near the nest because they'll, they'll swoop down and, and, and they'll take a bite out of you. Because every animal, every motherly creature has an instinct to protect, to protect its young. It's, all, it's, it's, it's rife. It's all, throughout, it's all throughout the animal kingdom. He said, but you don't find any place in the, in the entire animal kingdom, you don't find anywhere that there is a creature that, that's a, let, let's say, a, a gorilla has a, has, has a child, and then their child has a child. That there's such a thing called a nechet, no such thing. That there's any fealty, that there's any connection, that there's any sense of loyalty or, 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 or warmth between you know, a, a, a grandma gorilla and her, little, and her little granddaughter, grandson, grill. No such thing in the universe. No such thing. And between the grandchild, I'm always surprised in the other direction that the grandchild feels for, the, feels for a grandparent. As a grandparent, I'm, 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 more, I'm even more surprised about that. He says, because, because that's a simon of, of, of ruchnius. To be able to transcend generations. That we could see history, that we could remember Avram Avinu. And we, can, and, and we can anticipate and we can pass on a torch to our children and think about what's going to be in the future that we want them to be from the Makabli Panay Mashiach. That somebody can transcend history. It's that chokhm over there. It's a, it's a, it's a simon, it's a sign of, of a nefesh alukus. And somebody who can feel for a grandchild, it means that they're not a nefesh Bahamias. The talking is people don't feel for a grandchild. They don't feel, they don't have that, 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 that natural feeling. 
So when the nefesh elokus, when the nefesh elokus is in charge, the nefesh elokus naturally wants to give. He wants to. Be, he wants to. He wants to express itself in in in, in the form of giving, and the, and, and and the nefesh Bahamias is 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 is. is imploded into the moment, right? And it, it wants what it wants, and it wants it now. And it only wants for itself. <coughs> so when a person asks, did he do business honestly? So the Maharal explains that it's a mivchan to decide whether the person was, was a no-sain or were they a makabal. Were they a giver or they were a taker. Now what does that have to do with business? I don't know if anybody, if you, if you want to treat yourself sometime, sit down and learn very carefully and slowly some of the ideas that we're har- speaking about over here were harvested from Miktab Meliahu in the Kuntras of Chesed. It's a, it, it, it's a must read. Because it, 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 it's a game changer. He talks about the idea. He says, we think that business is a selfish activity. And we live in a society where the businessman is put down like, oh, you know, he's a selfish person because he's only concerned about the bottom line. He says, just the opposite. He says, what's the ambition in business? What is the proper ambition of business? I've had this conversation with my kids because I think it's important for them to know. What is the proper, for, for success in any, any business? A car mechanic, with a person's a, a stockbroker, and I've met with many, many successful people in, the, in all industries. What is, it, what, what is the motivation? And you find that for long-term success, somebody wants short-term success, right? You have people, they win the battle, but they lose the war. You do find people like that. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll beat somebody down. They'll take, you know, they'll, they'll make sure that it, it's a win-lose. I win, you lose, you know, and I walk away with, with, with all the chips. But nobody wants to do business with them after a while. Got to leave something on the table for somebody else. It's got to be a win-win or no deal because, because unless that's the last deal that you're going to do. But the, but 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 the real but the real success of business comes from people who want to give, people who want to people who provide service for other people, and they provide service for other people in such a way that the people that the people feel that that you mean them and you're happy for them. I wish I had with me right now. I don't have it in my pocket, but I can give you an address to take a look and to and, and to check it out. It's something that I, I have on the wall of, in my office. I read it to the teachers at the beginning of the year. And, and, uh, and the truth is, I, I wish I could etch it on the inside of my glasses. You know, because because I, think, I, I think it's the key to everything. The Chobos of Obos writes in Perik Dalin, in, um, in the Shar of uh, Bitochon, where he talks about seven different areas where Bitochon applies. And in one area he says, Bitochon benarum chavero. He says whether you have enemies, whether you have in-laws, whether you have outlaws, you know, all kinds of different relationships, he has even difficult situations. He says there's a guaranteed if-then. There's a Rishon saying there's an if-then statement that if you do this, you'll have success, and if you do that, it's not going to work at all. And the summary of his statement is, he says, you do for other people because this is what your obligation to that other person is. If they're thirsty, you get them a drink of water. If they need to learn some kind of a midah tova or something like that, if you have to guide them in a certain way, you do it, but you do it laman hem. You do it for, for their sake. Don't do it for your sake. He said, if you have any other agenda that you're going to rule over them, or that you're going to get praise from them, or they're going to be your nachas machine, or they're going to do this for you, ch- check it out. Think about it for a second. Right? The kid comes on Pesach night, right? and, and, and I saw one of my kids also this year, he says, he's telling, his, he's telling my, my grandson, he's telling his, I said, so show Zadie, show Zadie that you know the Fiyakashas. You know the, you know the Fiyakashas. I remember what it felt like when I was a little kid, and they used to have me stand on the chair, and they said, come on, show them the Fiyakashas. Tell me you know the Fiyakashas. Last thing I want to do, it's like when somebody honks their horn behind you. That's the last thing you want. You know? Somebody honks their horn, you know. I don't know, the male ego, I want to slow down right away. That's the first thing, you know? Now you're going to get the speed limit. It's a, that's, I have to overcome it, but it's a, it's, it's a meter. The first thing you want to slow down, you know? And they're honking and they're flashing their lights and, you, you know, you're making some hand signals out the, out the window and finally you get to a light, you know, where, they, where, the, you know, where, where two cars can fit and you realize it's your, it's, it's your mechutten. He just wanted to say hello, okay? So you have, to, you have to hope that you have to control you a little bit. But if you tell a kid to do something, you know, I was a baseball pitcher. He said, come on, Bobby, show me baseball pitch. Show them how you, you know, you wind up in your pitch. I said, what am I, a, a puppet over here? Topo Juju? You don't mean me. You know, I'm going to show off for you. I, I don't feel like doing it. So the kid clams up and he said, come on, he knows it. He studied it. You should have heard him. He knows it. He said it. You know, he won't say it at the Pesach Seder because you're not asking him to do it for him. You're asking him to do it for, for you because you have, you have your own selfish motive. And the kid knows it. He understands it intuitively. And the minute the Pesach dishes are put away and everybody in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, and it's Isru Chag, so he's in the backyard on the swing singing and you wonder, where, where were you at the Pesach Seder? Because you weren't, you weren't asking him to do it for, 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 for him, you were asking him to do it for you. 
And if you and, and, and if you have to tell somebody something, I found you know in, in school, principal, whatever. If I have to tell a kid to do something or a parent or something, and I tell them I mean you, and they know that I mean you, I can tell them the most difficult thing in the whole universe because they know I mean you. They know I mean them. It's, it's you. I graduated from fifth grade already. <laughs> you know, I, I have a family. You need to get to that point. I'm telling you this for you, not because the school has a rule, because this and I'm telling you because of you. We have you in mind. I love you. Well, once the person understands that, then they'll be macabre from you. He says you'll get, they'll sing your praise in this world and you'll get your scar in the next world. Do you have any other ulterior motive that the motivation is? He says it, it, the, the agenda is no agenda. The agenda is the other person. If a person understands that you're there to give to them, that you mean them, then you can go very far. If the person thinks that you're there for yourself, you have some kind of any selfish motive, even if it's a holy motive. You know, you're going to be my Nachas machine. You're going to be my Talmud Chacham. You're going to be the one who's going to, you know, you know. Even still, what are you pushing me for? Don't push me. Don't push me. I don't, I, I, I don't want that. You want me to have that. I remember coming home one time with a record for one of my kids, a CD, a music CD, for his birthday. I remember he looked at me and says, you like this music, right? You know. <laughs> he picked up right away. I, 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 got, I got him what I like. I didn't get him what I thought was good for him. I got him what I thought what might be good for me, what, what I like to hear, what I thought he, I want him to hear. But it wasn't something that was good for him. So if a person is, is, is giving, so it's recognizable. Other people recognize it when somebody means that it, it, it's for them or not. So in business, he says, Reb Dessler says, that the goal in business is to do something for somebody else, is to produce for somebody else. The, 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 the best money managers I know he said that they got into it and, and they were able to stay in relationships because they wanted to help people, not because they wanted to make money. And if they're in it to, to help other people and feel, people feel that they're there to help them, then they'll come back as, as repeat customers. And, they do, and they're going to do a better job because they feel, they, they, they feel uh, an obligation, a fiduciary obligation and, and a personal responsibility that I want to help people, I want, I, I want other people to benefit. And therefore they gain the trust of people and people, and, 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 and people grow with them. That's the secret of business. It's not, it's not being slick. It's not hiding uh, uh, issues and then, and, then, and then letting them get stuck with a, with a car that's a lemon. It's a good, uh, a good car mechanic says, you know, he'll tell you, I have your best interest in mind and they gain trust of the customers. They will have repeat customers. You name the business. You name the you, uh, teaching profession, whatever it is, that I want the best for my students. I want my students. I want the parents who are paying money to get the best. Then that teacher will be a hireable Rebbe. It's no secret. So he, says, so, so he writes with Dessler, he says that the, the Chofetz Chaim came with some, some Talmidim to, a, uh, to a, uh, a Malong, they came to a hotel. And, and, and the Chofetz Chaim says, oh, I'm jealous. Uh, I'm jealous of the, uh, of the, of the hotel uh, owner. He says, why? Because he's, he had to get to Mitzvah, do, he does Hachnosah Sorchim all the time. He's, he's busy with the Mitzvah of Hachnosah Sorchim. So the student explained, as if the you know, Chavosheim didn't know, he said, you know, Rebbe, you know, he's, he's, he's charging us for this, you know, we're, we're paying for it. And he says, okay, fine, you know, if he, you know, if he, if he didn't pay for it, you know, then, uh, you know, then he wouldn't be able to, you know, buy the food and he wouldn't be able to, you know, provide, the, provide for our needs. So we have to participate, we're also participating. He says, no, Rebbe, he's, he's making a profit, you know, he's making a profit. And the Chavosheim Chavos explained to him, he says, sure, if he didn't make a profit, then he would have to devote himself to doing something else. He wouldn't be able to have the, he wouldn't have the time to, to do such a thing. But the Chavosheim sensed that this, that this uh, 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 hotel owner, that he was interested in giving and that he was only taking in order to give, in order to allow himself to give. Two Talmidim come into a shear. They were late for a shear. They came in, and one person got himself a chair, and the other person uh, got himself a chair. There were no chairs left, so they all stepped out, both stepped out for a second. They came back in, and afterwards, the Chafasayim pulled him over, and they said, oh, sorry, we're late. He said, no, no, no. He says, he says, you stepped out to get a chair. He says, yes, okay. I needed, we, there were no chairs, so I get a chair, we got a chair. He says, he says, I missed out on opportunity. He says, you should have gotten him a chair, and he should have gotten you a chair. Then you would have had a chair, and each one would have had a chesed. Get, 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 get somebody else a chair. Sometimes people say, you know, like, well, what do I pay you for your time? I sat and learned with somebody. I said, don't pay for you pay for somebody else. Let somebody else will pay for you. you know? And that way you'll get the chesed. I heard from that story. And instead of me asking you to pay for me, and you're going to cancel out my time. You know, you're not paying for me. You're allowing me to learn with somebody else. Let's, let, let's turn it into a, into a, 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 a chain of chesed. So, so the concept of being masa mamat namuna was the, was the person, if the, if, if the nefesh bahamias was under control, then the person panicked and they, they, they fell into the, they relapsed and they collapsed into, into the taking mode. 
If the person understood, if the Nefesh Elokus was in charge, then the person was able to transcend themselves and realize that I want other people to benefit from whatever it is that I'm doing. It's not, it's, it's not about me. It's not about me. Tuesdays, it's very hard to tell from the outside. Actually, there's one, is one other question over there. I think that circles around the same point over there. In that it says, it says piri of Arivia. Was the person busy with piri of Arivia? It's not a question about whether the person, some people trying to get married, they're having trouble getting married. Some people trying to have children, have trouble having children. Some people, you know, had a, you know, a couple of kids, one kid. Some people have a couple of kids, and some people have a whole house full of kids. So it's not a question about how many kids did you have. You know, that's not, that's not the question. That's what the morale says. It's a question about whether the person was, was, was a yachid or rabim. Was the person thinking about himself? Right? And there's a tendency that if somebody is going to be uh, uh, n- not a Sakta they're going to be, again, they're going to be busy with themselves, self-involved. I think it became an ideal, I think it was in the, the, like the 80s or the 90s, they had something called an oink and a toink. You know what an oink and a toink is? Oink? An oink is, is it's, a pro- it's a problem because those are the sounds that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that, that the Chazar says. Oink is one income, no kids. It's a pride, right? One income. And toink is two incomes, no kids, you know? That's it, a pride. You know, we're, we're, we're here for ourselves. I, 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 me, me, me. You know, all, 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 only about me. So my wife told me that somebody had written a letter to Lubavitcher Rebbe. And they said, uh, you know, I've got this and I've that and I've that. And they start every sentence with the letter I. You know, and I can't find a shidduch and I can't do this and I can't, you know. And, it, and the answer to the letter was he highlighted and circled the letter I at the beginning of every sentence and, 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 sent, and sent it back to him. Because it was only about me. It's only about me. It's only about I. And once it's, it's, it's an eye-centered uh, personality. It doesn't matter how many. Lubavitcher Rebbe himself didn't have children. Many Gedolim, many Tzadikim, the Chazanish didn't have children. But they, but, 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 but they were Rabin. Right? They were a Sakta, but Piri Varivia. They were busy being, doing, doing stuff and living their lives for other people. The Mishnah Perkyabu says, you mean If I'm not going to be for myself, then who's going to be for me? I have to build myself up. But the second part of Kushnila Atzmi, if I'm just going to be for myself, then Ma'ani, then it's not an identity crisis anymore, it becomes a humanity crisis. To get, to get, to get, to get away from ourselves. Someone told me that there was a businessman, I'm saying out of town someplace, a banker, and he was dealing with secular people, and, and, and he heard that the fellow had a close relationship with Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky. Rav Shul Kamenetsky, uh, he said he, 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 wants to meet, he wants to meet this person. He wants to meet, who is this person that he's always talking about? He wants to meet him. So he arranged the meeting. To, he should have a meeting with Shmuel Kamenetsky. And, and he said he met with him for an hour. And afterwards, this businessman asked him, he says, you know, this banker asked him, he says, no, you know, what was your impression? He said, he's the most incredible person I ever met in my entire life. He says, what, what did he say? He says, I don't remember anything he said. <laughs> he says, so what was it, what impressed you? What was, what was so incredible? He says, I ne- it's interesting this fellow was able to, to, to glean this, this observation. He says, I never sat with somebody for an entire hour and had a whole conversation, and they didn't mention once in that whole hour the word, I. Shmuel didn't say I. He was there interested in the other person. So, oh, so your wife doesn't, oh, uh-huh, so that's not good. And, if you, and your children, what the, what, what's, the, what's, what's their attitude? You know, whatever it was, that he, he was engaged with the other person. Because this fellow called him in, he, he obviously wanted him to be interested in, 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 in something that he was involved with or, or the issue that he was trying to resolve had, had nothing to do with, you know, I and I. There was no I. And I realized that Ukshni Latsmi Mani is not just a caveat and a qualification. He may not immediately, yeah, but I have to have a little bit. He says, Ukshni Latsmi Mani is an avoda by itself. It's an avoda to get beyond ourselves. Right? The old story about the parents are telling their kids, we're not here for ourselves. We're here to service other people. By the way, that's where the word mishpacha comes from. It comes from the word shifcha. Because everybody's here to service somebody else. We have a rule in our house when we, you know, when all the kids were little that you can't call mommy from another room on Arab Shabbos. Because mommy splits up into a thousand pieces otherwise. You've got to come into the room and ask, ask mommy, don't ask mommy what she can do for you, but what you can do for mommy, you know? Come in and say, you know, what can they do to help? And then later on you can, you can file your request. Right? So, so, so we, the parents are giving the kids a speech. They said, we're here for other people. And of course, one of the kids piped up and says, what are other people here for? You know? The truth is, that's not, that's not our business, right? We're here, to, we're here to service. We're here to do whatever we can for other people. But on the outside, it's not so easy to tell. It really isn't easy to tell. Whether somebody, somebody can be in a taking mode and they can still be giving. And somebody can be in a giving mode and they're still taking. Right? So it, 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 it's very hard to tell from the, from the outside what's going on. Right? What is the mission of, the mission of Perkyabos gives? He says, uh, Arba Midas Ba'adam, there's four different types of people. Morale is an interesting approach. 
One says, one says, uh, we'll go from the extreme, the Russia says, Shachashali uh, v'shalishali. Uh, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine. So he says, he's a Russia. Because, because he sees other people's property, he doesn't respect other people's property, he wants what's, he wants what's yours to be his. And he, wants, and he doesn't want to share with other people because he wants with his to remain his. So he says, one thing, he doesn't have respect for other private property, the other, he doesn't have a generous heart, he doesn't have a, a sense of, of wanting to be made of other people. Because then you have the, 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 then you have the boar. And the boar says, he says, shali shali, he says, he says I mean, shali shacha, what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. So Maral says, you see over there, that on the one hand, he has a desire to give. What's mine is yours. You know, here, here, you know, borrow my sneakers. You know, I, I'm not using them, right? I had roommates like this. But then you come back and the guy used your aftershave, you know, says, hey, where, where, where did it all go? He says, oh, I, you know, I loaned you my sneakers, you know? <laughs> so Shalit, what's, what's mine is yours, but when yours is mine, he doesn't understand private property. He still, he still, he, he, he crossed that, 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 that personal boundary. He still wants to take what belongs to other people. So he doesn't understand, so he's a bore, he's a fool. But he has a good heart, so he's not a Russia, because he, he wants to do. The tzaddik, we understand, he says, shali shakha v'shakha shakha. Moral says, don't think that it means that person's just giving everything, mafkir all of his possessions. That's, that's no idea like that. He's giving, even the, 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 the homish or the, the mice that he's giving, he's giving it with an adiv lev. He wants to give it. He's not giving it bakoshi with difficulty. What's mine is yours, and what's yours, and I don't want anything. I don't want to be nana from other people. I, I, I want what's yours. I respect your property completely, and I want other people to benefit from my property. He says, but then we come down to the, 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 the middle category. It says, shali, shali, shacha. What's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. So there's two opinions. One says, it's, it's, the, it's the meat of the bainani. What is the bainani? So it says, so, so maybe the person is saying, you see that he has respect for other people's property. What's mine, what's yours is yours. I respect that it's yours. But the other part is, what's mine is mine. He says, but I don't feel like being menadav. I don't feel like giving. I don't feel like sharing anything with anybody else. So sorry. Okay, so it's Midas Benin. Some say in Yesh Omrim, some say it's Midas Sodom. Why is that Midas Sodom? The moral says it all depends on what's going, why the, what the motive is. If the person, sometimes the person he says is saying, the only reason I'm saying what's yours is yours is because so I can say what's mine is mine. So I don't really have respect for somebody else's property. If I can get away with it, I would take your thing too. <laughs> but the only reason why I'm saying what's yours is yours is because I want to be able to say what's mine is mine. So therefore, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, selfish, it's, it's a selfish motive. He says, if that's a selfish motive, then that's the meat of Sodom. What happened with Sodom? Sodom needed to be destroyed. Why did Sodom need to be destroyed? Because they, they outlawed giving. They made, it, they made it a rule that you can't give. Once they made it a rule, and they legalized that, and then they enforced that insanity, then it made it impossible for, for, for them to grow. It made it impossible. Once they prosecuted somebody for, for, for giving, then there was no hope for growth. There was no hope for the Nefesh Elokus to take over. And Moshe Avram Avinu had parked himself out. And he was giving examples, 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 examples. And it was a, it was a, it was a prosecution against them. He was like to, wanted to be a living example. And they could never get that example. They, they could never live up to it. So Sodom had to be destroyed. It's unbelievable. Now to this day, you look back. I was showing somebody. I have a map in, in, in my office. of uh, it's, uh, it's been taken from 550 miles in, in space, a picture that was translated into a map, and you see the Yom Kinneret, a little, a, a, a little, a little blue, uh, like, like the size of a baseball, and then you see the, the, the Yam Melech. It's unbelievable, the Yam Melech is, is, is a lake of death, right? It's, 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 it's a salt sea. And with, and with the Yardain River coming down, that should have been, it says, Kagan Hashem, Lifnei Hashem, Sheikh It was, it was a, that, that, that should be, that should be the, the delt over there. That should be the place, the, the plush place on, uh, on the earth where the fresh water is flowing from, from a freshwater source in the Yom Kinneret. And, and, and it's Mavis over there. And it's not just Mavis from 3,600 years ago. Kodesh Baruch Hu put his, put, put his foot on that map. Even Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They were wiped out in the, in the Second World War. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they grew back today. Right? They go back there. It looks like, I don't know, it looks like Queens, like Yonkers. I don't know. It, 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 it popped up. It became, it, it became a city. It resurrected itself. Even, even, after, even after having an atomic bomb dropped on its head and hundreds of thousands of people eliminated. But you look back today and you see that Hiroshima, you look back today and you see the Hiroshima and Nagasaki that Kodesh Baruch put on, 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 on the Yama Melech over there and it's dead. It's the Dead Sea until this very day. And some say, why is it called the Dead Sea? Because it's nem, 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 take, take, take. It doesn't give anything. It's just a, it's just a, a, a lake that takes. So sometimes you can have 
that the person looks like they're, they're giving, but they're really sometimes somebody comes over to, to give you something. You know, they went to a store and they said, oh, they want to give us all the kids water bottles because we went in, you know, and they, 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 they're trying to trap us into, into now we can't escape. It's a, it's a way of we're giving the kids candy in, in order to, now you can't say no to us when we want to show you stuff and it make it hard to say no because you really feel that they mean themselves. You walk into a store, we said before, and the person has a motive and they said, yes, can I help you? And the guy's getting paid on commission. You know, when he means you, he's going to be haunting you all over the place. He means himself. And therefore, it's, it, it, it doesn't feel right. A person would be giving, and then they really have in mind to take. They're going to, send you, they're going to start to sell you some life insurance or something else in a few minutes. And, and, and they're calling you up to talk to you for five minutes and say hello. And the next thing you know, they're looking to raise something from you or take something from you. And you get a sense that you're being groomed just for taking and not really for giving. It can happen like that. It can happen like that. And it can happen the other way around also. A person could be taking. And they're really in the giving mode. A per person can be a taker. And that they're giving. And that the taking is almanas, is, is, is on the condition to give. A little child that's going to school. Someone who's sitting and learning a kolal. But he's at some point, some point he's going he's gonna to grow himself up and he's going to be able to produce something for somebody else. But eventually he's going to be able to give something out. So, 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 so I remember one time somebody wanted to give us a big ticket item when we were, my wife and I were first married. And we didn't, we didn't, we, we didn't want to accept it from the source. Right? And, uh, because I was afraid there were strings attached. Not tzitzis. You know, there were going to be other strings attached. You know, it was a car or something like that. And then they're going to say, you know, and now we're going to come over. Now you've got to do that. You know, we just felt like there was, this is going to be an encumbrance. So I went to one of my rabbis. I said, you know, they, they keep on calling up. You know, you've got to accept this. It wasn't the TV. It wasn't the, they want to accept And I said, I said uh, you know, I'm not sure if I, I want this. For, and I want it from them. And, he, and, and the rabbi said, he said, he says, he says, you should take it from them. Give them an opportunity to give. That's what he says. Give them an opportunity to give. They want to be a part of what you're doing. Give them an opportunity to give. I told him, but Shulman Melech says, If you hate gifts, you'll live. He said, take it, but hate it. <laughs> hate the receiving of it, but take it. I thought it was a fascinating idea. Take it, take it, but hate it. Now, sometimes a person could be a, a, a taker, and they're in a situation, a person's in a hospital room, they're in a helpless situation. Someone has to, you know, wait on them. They hurt their foot. They get into, you know, a situation where they need somebody else who, who has to do something for them. He says, so how does the, how does the giver, the person who's a no saying, how, how, how does that manifest itself in somebody who finds himself in a position where they're a taker? This is what Reb Dessler asked the following question. Somebody who's a giver, somebody's in a situation where they're taking, and yet they're a giver. Situation happens to be, they're in a situation that, they're, that, that they happen to be taking. And yet, they're a giver. So how does, it, how does it show up? And he says very, very simply. He says it shows up that the person is a, it feels gratitude. It expresses gratitude. Say thank you. They feel great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for this. Thank you for doing that. You know, I have a secretary. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, you know, oh, wow. I don't know. Where would we be without you? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, you, you, we need people. So the people that we need, who are helping us, the cleaning lady, whoever it is, that's somebody to thank you. Right? Whoever the guy who comes to you to drop off the mail, thank you. Whoever it is, you know, someone, whoever the guy who sweeped up, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm receiving something from this person and, 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 and I must receive it because it's not something I could do for myself. The guy fixed my car and this and that and now it's ready and it's ready on time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I pay him, but I also say thank you to him and I feel thanks, even if I didn't get to say it, but I, I feel like I want to say thank you. I was sitting at a Shalashutis a couple of years ago. I was sitting next to the, the, the person sitting next to me. Of Yosef Grossman, he offered a bucher. He said, you know, he wants to pour in a, a you know, he poured for himself some seltzer. He said, you know, can I pour you some, some seltzer? And the fellow said, like, he said, I, he said something. He said, he said, boy, said, I'm good. I'm good. This, this, this put a, like a little bug in my head ever since, ever since he told me this. I didn't, I didn't pick up on it. But he, he said, it used to be the old time response. I find myself saying it all the time. Also, I have to stop myself and retrain my, and, and retrain my mouth and retrain my brain. He said, the old time response when somebody gave you something is, no thank, no thank you. You don't want it. No thank you. No is a no. And thank you is you're acknowledging that there was a giver. Now, the, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an indication of a certain tendency to selfishness. The person says, I'm good. Such, such a hot. I don't want to judge anybody, but I found myself saying all the time, I'm good. I mean, I'm, no, no, thank you. I have to stop myself, interrupt, and realize I'm thinking about me. I'm not thinking that I have to acknowledge that somebody wanted to give me something, and I don't need that thing right now. It's a no, and there's a thank you that should follow it. 
So feeling that gratitude, or want to express that, that gratitude to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, to another person, that is the simon, uh, 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 that, 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 that's in the Shoma that's able to recognize that. The Nevesh Bahamias just wants to, you know, Yesh li Rav, give me more. I was also thinking that when Moshe Rabbeinu told to Korach Rav Lechem Ben-Eli, he was hinting back, haunting back to the Yesh li Rav, Yesh li Kol, right? Bakol Mikol Kol. Yaakov Avinu said, Yesh li Kol, I have everything. You know, qualitatively I have everything. And, 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 and Esau, it's Esau, I have a lot, and I can use a lot more. If you have a hundred, you want two hundred. Someone tell me Rabbi Yonasan Ibshit says, says, he says, if a person has a hundred, he wants two hundred. He says, the percentage point difference between these two Maimari Chazah. If a person has a hundred, he wants two hundred. That means he got to 50%. percent. One hundred, two hundred. Okay, you have to take out the math blackboard for this one. And it also says, another mace tavasa A person doesn't die having fulfilled half of his desires. That means he didn't fulfill half of his desires. He got to 49.999% at most, repeating, but he didn't get the 50%. So the person get the 50% doesn't get the 50%. So what's it, so, so it sounds like it's a joke. It's not a joke. He had a, 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 serious, a, a serious idea. One of my, one, I explained this to one of my daughters one time. She was asking me, well, not one time, she asked me, can I go to Marshall's and get a pair of shoes? Can we go to Marshall's and get a pair of shoes? You know, first of all, money, can I have to drive you there? What, what I go to my and I, said, I pointed to her closet. You know, there's a, there's a shoe rack there. There's, there's 50 pairs of shoes. You, 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 you need more shoes? And she goes, yeah, I need, I need more shoes, I need more shoes. You know, and I explained to her what Yon Mishanayim says, that the, the, you know, it says, Yeshua Lamona brought to Messiah, okay, he wants 200. Why did I take a partner? I made $100,000, I couldn't make $200,000, right? Yeah. And if you have 100, you want 200. And, uh, and, 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 and yet the person doesn't pass having fulfilled half his desires. So he says like this, he said, that the half that the person doesn't have, right, is more dear to him than the half that he does have. The, the, the shoes that are in Marshalls are more dear to you than the shoes <laughs> that, are in the, that, are, that, that, that are in the shoe rack. You know? and so the person wants something that's, that, that, that's, out, that's outside of them. That's what Nefesh Bahamis is looking outside, is looking out. Right? That's what the Chazal tell us is very cleverly, very importantly. He says, The person he celebrates and, and appreciates the half that he does have. Therefore, it's not... Even though he's not a... Even though the person, Yesh Lamona, writes him a sign, but at least he, he appreciates the part that he has. So, uh, so it's possible that, that, that a person is in, a, is in a taking position, but that taking position is a taking. Sometimes a child finds themselves in school, they're going to kollel, they do whatever it is, but they're taking, but they're taking in order to, the, 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 the Moshe Kibble Torah Messinaim, Mershal Yeshua. He's taking, he's taking, he's taking, but he grows himself up to the point where he's able to grow. He's able to give something out to somebody else. We're raising a child, there's a long gestation period where the person is taking, 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 but they're taking with the premise that they themselves will someday be a giver. I want to say that he says like in, in, in the Mishnah Perkyabos, he says, I'll show you what is Gemilas Chasadim? When it says three things, it says number one, it says it, it, Torah is one word. Could have said Eisagat Torah, Limudat Torah, a lot of things about Torah. And Chizagat Torah, could have said a lot of things about Torah. Torah. Avoda. Could have said Avoda Shabalev, could have said Avoda Shabalev, could have said Avoda Shabalev. And then the third one is Gemilas Chasadim. What's the difference between Chesed and Gemilas Chasid? What's the difference between Chesed and Chesed? So I want to say like this, there's a way of analyzing the Hebrew language. Hebrew language is not like any other language. You know, a, B, and C, C, A, T doesn't mean anything. C doesn't mean anything, A doesn't mean anything, T doesn't mean anything. It's an ideographic language, it means it's only telling you how to pronounce the letters. And when you say the words cat, and you're able to put those sounds together, so it wakes up in our mind the image of this little feline creature. In the Western languages, you have a picture of a, uh, 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 of a cat. And you have to remember what, how to pronounce it because that's, that, that's not something which you can discover from, 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 the, from, the, from the letters themselves. It's, it's pictographic language. Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh, you would imagine, was the primary language in the original language, so it has aspects of both. We could spend the, after the, the rest of the evening talking about that. So you want to understand what each letter means. The Shem Ha'os means something. Gimel means something. Gamal. What is, it, what is a Gimel? You take the letter itself, you spell it out. Gimel Mem Lamed. The first time a letter is used in Chumash, it, me, it means something. Not as a prefix, not as a prefix, but at the beginning of a word, discounting the prefix. So the first time we find Gimel in Chumash, it says, uh, the, the, the big lights, something is growing. It means Gedolim. Taninim uh, Hagedolim, also. The second time it's used, also talking about something which is, which is growing. So Gimel means to grow. Then you take the same letter, Gimel Mem Lamed, and you take the Mem Lamed, Mal means to cut. So growing, cut. Okay, we got a little hint over here. What does what, 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 what is, what is the Shemos the, the mean? What does the name Gamal mean? Gimel mean? What does Gamal mean? Gamal means to, Gamal means to, to uh, means a camel. Right? What's the specialty of a camel? What's so good about a camel? 
A donkey, you know, you can carry a refrigerator across the street with a donkey. If you want to carry a letter to the other side of the city, so you get a swift Arabian night. I'm renting out animals, right? But if you, you have a camel, what's a camel for? Long distance trip. Why? Because they're able to soak up and absorb water, and then it can go on a long distance trip. The next, uh, the next watering spot, 250 miles, and it's going to make it. It's not going to drop before, before it gets there. It has a big tank. That's what those two, those, those two swamps are for. So, so it's the concept of growing and then cutting and being, and being separated. And the first time that we find gimel, the word gamal in Chumash, is not by the gamalim, not by the camels, by Eliezer, but in Parshish Vayera, it says, V'yigdal hayeled, let's talk about Yitzhak, V'yigamal, and he weaned away from his, his mother. He didn't need mommy anymore. He, was, he stopped nursing Yitzhak. He says, V'yas Avraham mishtagadol, and Avraham made a mishtagadol, B'yom he gamal as Yitzhak on the day that he weaned Yitzhak away. The celebration is, he doesn't need his mother anymore because now he's up on his own. That's Gemilas Chesed. Gemilas Chesed is a program where you're training somebody to, to it's not just a, a random act of kindliness, it's doing an act of, it's, it's a program of kindliness where now you're training somebody, if you give a man a fish, he has fish for a day. If you teach him how to fish, he has fish for a lifetime. Now you've trained somebody effectively, V'hamidu salmidim harbi, that they can get up and they can repeat the success without needing you. That's, that's, that's Gemilas Chesed. So the, 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 but during that period when, when, when they're soaking up and they're taking, they're taking but almanas that they're, eventually they're going to become givers, they're going to be able to stand up on their own. What's that? There is one time before then? Gamal? Yeah? Oh, Gamal. That's all I talk about the uh, camels. Right, right. Camels, but okay. But it's used as a, different, as a, as a verb. Right, Gamal, yeah. Okay, you're right, though. Good. So, uh, so, so it's not that a person's either born a, a, a person, people are born with both tendencies, and maybe we'll just focus in for another few moments on the idea that it's, it's a muscle that can be exercised. It's a muscle that, if, if, it's, if it's not exercised, it, it, it naturally atrophies. Somebody came to the Chofas Heim one time, and, uh, and they asked him, you know, it seemed like a banal type of a question. Which, which job shall I accept? I have a, um, a, a position I was offered in a bank, and I have two seats, okay? This is the Polish bank. I'm going to be sitting at one window where I'm going to be cashing the checks, and I'm going to be another window where I'm going to be, um, uh, uh, I'm going to be, uh, uh, I'm sorry, people, people are depositing money. You know, give them a pink slip, they give me the money, and I give them, he says, so which, which seat, you know, should I, you know, should I sit? I'm going to be there for the next 25, 30 years for, for a career until they retire me with a gold watch. So which one should I take? And the Chofas Haim had a definite opinion. He says, sit in the seat and, and, and take the job. We are the one who's cashing checks and giving people, and giving people the money. Because what happens is, as, as it says in the Sefer HaChinuch, Adam nifal acher pu'lasab, a person is affected by the thing that he does. Or the, or the Mishra Shasham says, Tunuos ha'chisonius mareris ha'tepinimius. That the way a person behaves on the outside is going to affect it the way they are on the inside. Although theoretically you're accepting money you, 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 by cashing the check, you could be saving the money. If you're sitting in a place where the person's depositing money by you, and he said you get used to taking, but theoretically you're helping them save money. So he has a, a klal, the Rav Chazizel, he says that doctors should do an extra act of kindliness every, do act of kindliness every day because the, a person is affected not by what they are theoretically doing but what they are actually doing. He says because doctors are mitching people, they're stabbing people, they're saying, what does it hurt? It hurts, oh, oh I think you got it. How about, oh, oh, about it? No, 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 okay, no, 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 You know, all day long, they're, they're, they're jabbing people and they're hurting people, they're afflicting people. They're helping them. They're, you know, I can, we have to, we have to, we have to break that bone and reset. Oh, Oh, you know, they, all day long they're doing stuff like that to people, and it's painful. So, you said, even though they're helping them theoretically, but they're getting a callus on their heart by doing these things on a, on a consistent basis. Somebody who's saving somebody else's money, but they get used to take, take, take. If, even though you're cashing somebody's check and you're giving money, you get used to the idea of give, 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 give. And by giving out, the person becomes a, the person is exercising that muscle. He says, you will be a different person. It's going to affect, it's going to affect your nephesh. I remember when my wife was uh, working at office and she had a, a child and uh, when we were first married I was learning and then, and then she, it became apparent she was expecting another one. There was some wise uh, woman in the office who had you know, a house full of children already. I remember she said over the following thing to my wife. She, she, said, she said, dear, because I want to tell you something. When you have one child it's, you know, and you're working, one child is not so easy. Just one child is not so easy. And I said, oh yeah, I can understand that. And when you have two, you know, it's, it's even harder. Because when you have three, it gets easy. <laughs> and when you hit seven, then you're really flying. 
my wife came home like totally mystified. You know, this is what Esther told me. I don't understand what she's talking about. And we sat and we chewed, we chewed on it for a little bit until we realized what she's talking about. You have one kid, you know? So, so suddenly, you know, you, you, it's not about you anymore, you know? But you want to go shopping, you want to go with your friends. <laughs> what do I do with them? So I'll drop them by Bubby, I'll strap them on my back, I'll do something, you know, I'll figure it out, but it's an encumbrance. <clears throat> I, I'm still selfish, but I'm selfish with a little bit of it, you know, with, with, with this knapsack I got to carry around, or I got to think about where, where am I going to park them, where am I going to do, who's going to feed them, when, you know, when, until I come back, until we, you know, come back from the mall, whatever it is. <clears throat> when you have two, so you drop one by Bubby, you take one with you, figure it out. When you have three, Bubby's not even willing to take care of him at that point, right? So that means you're committed now. You're here. You, you, you're devoted. You don't even think, you stop thinking about yourself uh, uh, and, and, and you become committed to it. And when you hit seven, he says, then it's not about you anymore. Then you're really flying. And that's what Sarah Meno, she, 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 she said, she says, she asked, uh, she said she wanted to take even a surrogate uh, child through, through, through uh, uh, Hagar. He says, maybe I'm going to be built up. I have so much I want to give. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I, 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 I have information. I have things I want to do. But I don't have anybody. I, don't have, I, don't have, I have students, people stopping in and people coming in. But I don't have anybody to give to. And I want to build up my muscles. I want to build up my giving muscles. And Reb Dessler says a powerful, amazing concept over here. He says, he says, we don't give to the ones we love. It's a powerful idea. He says, we love the ones to whom we give. Right? That's why, that, that, that's why Yiddishkeit is, is, is a mice oriented. We're, do, we're doing maisim. It's not, it's, it's not rishus. We give. We do. And, and, and by doing, the more we do, the more we love. The more we give to somebody, the more we love them. He says, as a mitzvah, so sometimes you have a kid that takes up a lot of space in your brain. They, 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 the, 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 the most uh, the high, higher maintenance child is the one that the parents end up loving the most for some reason. And it's not a mystical thing. He says, because, because, because you put more into them. If you have a garden in front of your house, a patch of land, and you put some seeds in there, and you weeded it out, and you watered it, and suddenly some tomatoes come up, you love those tomatoes more than the tomatoes you bought in, in, in Evergreen. Because they're your tomatoes. And that patch of land means something to you because you put something into it. And that house that you've been you know, paying the mortgage on and, and, and painting and scraping and, 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 and fixing and doing all these things, but that's your house. You love it. And your wife, who you've been giving to, and your children, who you've been giving to, you love them because you've been giving to them. He says, the more we give, the more we love. It's not the other way around. We don't give to the ones we love. Maybe we have an instinct, we have a desire, we see a potential. He says, but we don't truly begin to love until we give. And the more we give, the more we love. So the exercise of the, the, the product, the end product of love, he says, comes from the exercise of giving. And the more a person is going to exercise this, this, this muscle called giving, and the more they're going to be able to think outside themselves, he says, then they're going to be more like, that's the, that's the nefesh alakus, that's, that, 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 that's expressing itself. I was just thinking, just two quick mices, and I was thinking about it in the end. And that is, just to think what happens, what becomes a person who, who, who transcends themselves, who becomes such a giver. The, 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 the last hours of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's life, right, the father of the Muslim movement, the last hours of his life, he was someplace, he's staying by somebody, and he felt that his life was ebbing, his life was going out. And he spent the last hours of his life calming the person down that he was with. Tell him it's going to be a maze. And it's not your fault, you're a good host. And he, was, he, was talk, he, was, he was busy talking to the other person that he shouldn't feel upset that, you know, that, I, that, that I passed on in your house and, and don't be scared if it's a dead body. And, and he, he, that's how he spent. That's, how, that's, that's what he did. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about him, Bakla. I saw the, the, the famous book, Tzaddik in Our Time, Rabbi Ari Levin. So he said... Uh, I think he's the father-in-law of, 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 of Chaim Kanyevsky, if I'm not mistaken. I think his son-in-law was, uh, son was the uh, uh, Rabbi Yashav. So he said, so he said that uh, he said that when he passed away, he passed away on an Arab Shabbos. In Yerushalayim, they took him out to the Beis Olam, I think in Har Menucho, someplace in, in, in and, and, they did, and they did the burial. They were able to dig up the grave. It was hard earth over there, but they were able to dig it up quickly. And, 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 the, and the grave fellow who did the grave digging, the Arab who did the grave digging said that this, there was a fellow who came 
he says, two weeks, you know, a couple of weeks before, and he paid me money. He says, I should dig it up and, and get it ready. And he said, Rabbi Arlen, he says, I'm afraid, he, he, he expressed, he, says, he was afraid that he was going to pass away in Arab Shabbos, and they were going to have to wait for someone to d- dig out that spot, and it would cause people who are returning from the Leviah that they're going to be Machal Shabbos. So weeks and months before, I think it was a month before, he went there and he paid somebody to dig up the spot. This is what he's thinking about. He's not thinking about himself because he didn't want other people to be Mechal Shabbos. So he was, uh, uh, and Taka, he died on Erev Shabbos. He said, and everything was, earth was, was soft and it was ready to be, uh, earth was ready to be taken out. He's thinking beyond himself. He's not even thinking about himself anymore. So the world is made up of two types of people. There's a world of, uh, of, of, of people who are expecting stuff to come to, come to them. So it's, it's an amazing thing. People want, they feel that it's, it, 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 it's owed to them. And, and, and the expectation that it's, that it's coming to me. And they don't mind taking and taking and taking. And they want everything that belongs to everybody else. And if somebody has something that's a little bit more successful than them, they feel like it was, it, it was taken from them. Interesting, you want, to do an, uh, uh, you want to do an experiment with a little child, you show him some, would you like to have a candy? Don't, don't you know, we'll put it in the, uh, in the hypothetical. Would you, you know, if I would offer you, if I would offer you a candle, would you, candy, would you be happy? You can say, yeah. If I offered you one candy and your brother a candy, would you be happy? And you find most kids say, yeah. What if I offered you two candies? Ooh, that would be nice, right? Yeah. What if I, offered, if I give you two candies, but only in the condition that I give your brother three candies? Would that be okay? You'd be surprised how many kids say to themselves, nah, forget about it. I want to go back to the first deal. I want one candy and one candy. They'll take a 50% cut, only that somebody shouldn't have more than them because they feel that if somebody has more than them, somehow it was taken from them. It's a falsehood that comes along with jealousy. People think that if somebody has something extra, it was taken away from them. But, uh, so the world is divided into these, these two areas and really every person is divided up into these two areas. It's not just givers and takers, but we have a nefesh Bahamias and we have a nefesh elokus. And the nefesh elokus exercises itself, it expresses itself by giving. And it's something that a person has to consciously work on and to give. I know a fellow that was, you know, stuck. He was going out on shaduchim. It was, wasn't going well because he kept on borrowing money from girls and going on, on, on dates. He, he had the money, but he couldn't spend it. He was, he was, and so the rebbeim had him do exercises. When he cut the tzedakah box would come around, he put with one, you know, uh, you know, reach into two pockets with each hand. He was doing exercises in order to, to learn how to give. He had to break himself out of that habit of, of, of holding on to, of, of, of keeping his hand closed and he had to learn how to open up his hand and to give to other people and to begin eventually he got married as a family he was able to give to other people and, and to build it up but if it only remains about myself then the question the mission asks is not an identity crisis it becomes a humanity crisis okay wish everybody a good Shabbos